chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And, you know, as you're turning, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. How, how deep do you want to go this year? And the deep that I'm talking about means facing things in your life that many times are hard to deal with. If you had stuff in your life, man, you maybe a stubborn attitude. Maybe, maybe addictions that aren't good. Maybe behavior patterns that you know they're not good. And the point, reason I'm saying this is I can't keep sweeping these things under the rug. You know, when I keep sweeping the things around the rug, you know, you just keep coming around the mountain. Every year, here we go. We just keep coming around and those problems just stay there. And so this is what I'm talking about. Now, I can choose to allow the Holy Spirit to help me walk these things out and walk obediently before God or I can main, remain resistant. I can resist the things of God. Now, one way leads to freedom and peace. The other way, it's going to keep you in a bondage and a frustration. And so I believe this is a good thing to start the year. It's, so this is what we're going to start with on Wednesday nights. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to get to what I'm talking about, the fruit of the Spirit, here in just a little bit. Look with me in Luke chapter 6, verse 43. It says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. Now, that's a good, good thing to highlight right there. Every tree is known by its fruit. That means me and you, we're known by fruit. You're not going to be known by your mama's fruit. You're not going to be known by your great-grandfather. You're going to be known by your fruit. Okay? So he goes on to say here. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. The Amplified says, every tree and every fruit, the health of the apple tells the health of the tree. And so when you read this right here, guys, I want you to understand, never undervalue obedience. Something happens when I begin to obey the things of God. Verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his... Heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so the real you brims over with your words and your deeds. That's how you're going to end up having fruit. Is people are going to know you by what you do and what you say. That's why it's important that you live a life of character and integrity. I believe every one of us in this room need to become a, a fruit inspector. Because a peach tree will bear peaches. So what should a believer, what should a Christian, what should be the fruit of our lives? I believe it should be noticeable. We should have these things in our life. And so what ends up happening, guys? is the world applauses gifts and talents. God applauses character. Gifts and talents are given, but character is a fruit that must be developed. And so every one of us, when we get born again, on the inside, the Holy Spirit deposits, deposits these seeds called the fruit of the Spirit. But it comes my job and with the help of the Holy Spirit to have them develop. Now think about this. If I was to plant a peach seed tonight, every one of us in here know that it's going to be a process from the time I plant that peach seed until I start pulling peaches off of it. It's a process. 
It's a transformation. In other words, it doesn't happen overnight. That's the same with the fruit of the Spirit. I've got to get in my life where I continually water it and I continue to develop. How do I do that? I read and I study the Word of God and then I do it. And I keep doing it. And I keep doing it. And it's a process. This is what ultimately happens with every one of us. And so, you know, I, I said this a minute ago, our, our gifts are what the world applauds. And gifts may get us there, but only our character is going to keep us there. Only this fruit keeps us in places. Go with me to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21. Now I'm going to get over here in a minute to the fruit of the Spirit where you see this in the Bible, what it talks about. Because I believe every one of us need to grow in this area. Matthew 21. Start with me in verse 17. Then Jesus, he left him and went out of the city of Bethany. And he lodged there. Now in the morning his return to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it. The message said he approached it, anticipating a breakfast of figs. But he found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Now when you read this, you see there's nothing but leaves on it. And Jesus curses this fig tree. And many times I would read this and I would think, why did Jesus curse the fig tree? The fig tree didn't do nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong. But listen to this about a fig tree. On a fig tree, the fruit is first formed, then the leaves appear. So one would expect to find something, some satisfying fruit on a tree in full leaf. So what happens here is when Jesus sees this fig tree from a distance, he sees the leaves on it. And once you see the leaves on it, what are you expecting? There's got to be fruit, because what did we just read? The fruit is there before the leaves. Now, this may be shocking to you, but I've seen a fig tree right in back here. This, this guy here, he died last week. He's an elderly man. He had a fig tree, and I never paid much attention to it. But I, after Andy Norris, he brought him. I don't know if Andy stole him or not. But Andy went over there one day, and he said, Pastor, have you ever had a fig? And I said, no. And I remember when he brought it to me. I bit into that thing. And after I bit into it, I realized why Jesus was so disappointed. I mean, it was incredible. But the days I would drive by there, I, it was all bushy and full of leaves and everything. I wish I'd have known this years back. So why did Jesus curse it? Why did he do what he did? Because I believe when he saw the tree, you know what he was saying? You're a phony. You're an imposter. What does that mean to me and you? Well, me and you guys... We can have leaves all over us. We can have signage as Christians. What do I mean by that? You may wear a cross around your neck. You may have a Jesus t-shirt on. You may even have a bumper sticker that says the God Squad on the back of your car. You may have a fish emblem. You may even have 22 versions of the Bible. What type of fruit do you have? And this is exactly what this is talking about here. That is, believers, we need to have fruit in our lives. See, it's easy to talk the talk. 
I mean, we could all come in here tonight and speak in Christianese, pat each other on the back, sing Kumbaya, but the bottom line is, what about the fruit? And I believe this is what the Lord is looking for. See, a peach tree can say, I'm a peach tree, I'm a peach tree, but a peach tree is only a peach tree if he has peaches. That's the same as me and you as believers. I've got to get to this point in my life. Now, go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. You know, Christmas is over, but if I brought in a gift here tonight, just say I brought in a bag, a gift bag. And man, I had it all decorated, which would be a stretch for me. But I had it all decorated, and I said to Raul, here, I want you to have this. And Raul, he pulls the, the, the paper off of it and looks in there, and there's nothing on the inside. He wouldn't be real happy, but see, a lot of times, that's how we are as believers. On the outside, woo, we can dress up. But what about the inside? You know what? I can fool. Every one of us, we can fool people. You can't fool God, okay? God sees what's within every one of us. Now, I want you to notice here in Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to begin in verse number 19. Now, the works... The doings, the practices of the flesh are evident. Now listen to this. They are adultery. What's adultery, Pastor? If you're married and messing around, that's adultery. What's fornication? If you're not married and having any form of sex, that's fornication. Uncleanliness, impurity, lewdness, indecency. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries or carousing, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Woo! It's pretty straightforward right there. The Apostle Paul goes right to the point, guys. And I'm going to tell you right now, I believe this is believers. We need to read this stuff and understand this is God's guidelines, okay? There are no exemptions to this. And one thing I want to highlight here, he said, those who practice such a, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Well, pastor, you can try to milk it any way you want, guys. This is the Bible. Now, I want you to jump into verse 22. This is what I want you to see. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, there's nine of those. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us walk also in the Spirit. Now, I believe these nine, if you notice, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Once again, the reason it's called that is fruit must be developed. I believe every one of us, though, when we get born again, these seeds are deposited within us. But I've got to start working on these. I've got to start asking the Holy Spirit, develop those in me. Now, I'm going to give you a little tidbit here tonight. If you're lacking in some of these, which every one of us in here probably are, when you begin to ask the Lord to help you, oh, Holy Spirit, develop the fruit of patience in me, I'm going to tell you, you better get ready. 
Because the way these fruits are grown is life puts pressure on you. Life squeezes you to find out what's in there. So in my own life, when I say, Father God, I need help with patience, you know what always happens? I get into some heavy traffic. And right there, the developing of fruit, and I'm going to tell you guys, I sense the Holy Spirit because I blow it most of the time. Or my wife will ask me to go to Walmart. You're talking about pressure. Life begins to squeeze you. And so if you're lacking in love, and, and you know, man, I need, I need more love in me. You begin to ask the Holy Spirit to develop. I'm just telling you right now, you better get ready because things will begin to pressure. It's okay. That's how we grow. This is a good thing. And so the next upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about every one of these. And I'm telling you, my prayers for my own life, that these become so uh, uh, aware, apparent in my life, that, that it's easy to see the fruit of love. You know, th- these are the things that God wants us to walk in, and each one of us in here, if you're lacking in self-control, and I'm going to tell you, ask the Holy Spirit, develop the fruit of self-control in me. Help me with self-control in my eyes, Lord. Help me with self-control with my eyes. Help me with self-control. Maybe it's gentleness. Maybe you, you, you got a short fuse. This is what the Lord wants every one of us to experience right here. Now, if you'll notice in here, there's two categories. The flesh or the things of the Spirit. I'm either going to be dominated by one or the other, okay? Go with me now to the book of 1 Corinthians 3. Let's go a little bit further here. 1 Corinthians 3. I encourage you, study on these lines. Ask the Lord to start helping you. Fill me with these, Father God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, or 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. I'm going to start in verse number 1. As you're turning there, true spiritual growth, guys, requires God's Word. You got to get in the Word of God on a daily basis. I've said this numerous times. You get into God's Word, and God will get into you. You want to see some changes? Start getting in your, in, into the Word of God. One of the biggest transformations in my life is when I started reading the Bible on a daily basis and I began to allow the Word of God to work on my behalf. It started working on the inside of me. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as the spiritual people, but as the carnal, as the babes in Christ. Now, what I want you to see there is that word carnal means of the flesh. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual because of your flesh. Now, remember what we just read in Galatians. I'm either going to be dominated by the things of the flesh or the things of the Spirit. The message says, right now, friends, I'm completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and God. That's what the message says. Verse 2, I feed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. Even now, you are still not able. So you know what he's telling us? Spiritually, you're still a baby. Spiritually, you haven't grown. Now, I believe this is one of the things that each one of us ought to desire this year. That you think about in the natural. You know, you start eating food and you start growing and you keep growing and you keep growing. Well, spiritually, it doesn't happen that way unless you keep eating the Word of God. 
Spiritually, guess what? There's, there's people within our churches that may be 80 years old, 50 years old, but spiritually, they're still a baby. They're still walking around with diapers on, still on milk. This isn't what God desires for any of us. Verse 3, for you are still carnal. You're still of the flesh. The message says you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important. The Amplified says you are under the control of ordinary impulses. You know what that means? I'm led by my feelings. You know what? I can't be led by my feelings. So many of our lives is dominated by the way we feel. I want, I think, I feel. I want, I think, I feel. And when things don't feel good, you know what? Well, you know what? I got up today and, and I didn't feel good, so I didn't go to church. I got up today and, and things just didn't seem right, so I didn't pray. I got, so, so many times, guys, we're dominated by our feelings. And I believe right here, this is what he's getting over to. Now, look what he goes on to say. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? And so I believe when you read this, you know what he's telling us? Grow up. I got to grow up spiritually. I can't keep being dominated by, by my flesh because if it's your flesh, you know what? It's always got to be about me. It's always about me. Are you negative? Are you judgmental and critical? Because if you are, this is what we got to hear, guys. I got to start letting the, the gifts of the Spirit come in and, and the fruit of the Spirit just develop in me. And when I do that, guys, you'll begin to see big change. Are you there, Pastor? No, I'm still having them developed. Now go with me way back into the New Testament there into 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter 3. Way back there in the back. Can't be ruled by our flesh, guys. God's desire is for each one of us to have fruit in our lives. 1, Corinthians, or 1 Peter 3, verse 3. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging the hair. Wearing gold or jewelry. Or putting on fine apparel or clothes. Now, every time I read that, just think about this in your life. How many hours a day do we spend on our appearance? You know, I know as men, we don't take as much time as women, but just think about how many, well, maybe some of you do. <laughs> how much time do we spend on our hair? How much time do we spend on makeup? How much time do we, I mean, just think about this. How much time do we spend, you know, on, on jewelry? How much time do we spend about, well, what am I going to wear? What am I going to, what are we going to wear? What are we going to wear? What are we going to wear? And see, this is something for every one of us that I look at this. And I think so much of this, we have been defined by outward. And this is what he's getting at. Now, Years ago, this happened to me. I, I like to work out. I like to, to run and lift. You probably can't tell it very often. I don't, I don't have an Arnold Schwarzenegger body, but I still like to do it. And one day, the Lord said this to me. He said, I want equal time. You know what I said to the Lord? What do you mean? And he said, if you spend 45 minutes lifting weights, 
then give me 45 minutes. And you know what? It really began to touch my heart that I think, you know what? Here I'm investing in all this stuff. I really, you know what the Bible says about exercise? Exercise profits a little. A little. But godliness is forever. And so I, I'm just saying this to you. What in your life dominates your time other than God? And each one of us, we got to ask that question. Because every one of us, guys, we have things that try to pull us away from God. And I believe this is what he's telling us. Now, look what he goes on to say here in verse 4. Rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet or peaceable spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. Your inner disposition. This is what he's telling each other. And so many times, guys, we're very, very, very aware and conscious of the looks on the outside, and we go to great lengths externally. But what about these fruits he's talking about? Love is inward. Joy is inward. Peace is inward. And, and none of those come from the things of the world. See, so many times, guys, every one of us in here, if we're not careful, we're, we're dominated by things outwardly, such as, if, if I could just go on that seven-day cruise, the world would be wonderful. Life would be wonderful. Now, you know what? It would be wonderful for seven days, but you know what? Those seven days are going to come and go. I mean, you think about, it was over a week ago that Christmas, I mean, it just comes and goes, it comes and goes. And some of you think, you know what? If I just won the lottery, that money going to go. If I just had a new Louis Vuitton purse, if I just had those Ray-Ban sunglasses, you know what's going to happen to those Ray-Ban sunglasses? You're going to break them. See, every one of us in this room, we all have things that we think, but none of those are going to bring the, 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 the satisfaction. The only thing that brings satisfaction is the things of God. And I'm going to tell you, the older I get, the more I really value the peace of God. I love the peace. I love peace in my life. There's a couple pastors, guys, and times I don't even like to be around them. You know why? Because they always got to fight. They got to fight on them. We got to, we're mad at this guy. And I'm looking at them like, time out, boys. I like peace. I like joy that comes from God. I like the love of God. You know what? The love of God, it's unconditional. It's not based on, well, if, if, if Matt does something good to me, then I'll be good to him. The love of God, I just love you. This is why this is critical that we understand. Now, I'm going to end tonight in John 15. Go with me there. John chapter 15. This will really help us. The thing is, each one of us, guys, we've got to keep desiring the fruit of the Spirit. We've got to say, oh, Holy Spirit, help me today. Fill me up with these things. John chapter 15. I'm going to read in here and starting in verse 1. Jesus' words here. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. He's the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit or stops bearing fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it or he cuts it back that it may bear more fruit. Now I want you to see that there because he says that if you don't bear fruit, what's he going to do? He's going to cut you off. If you do bear fruit, 
He's going to cut you back because He wants you to bear more fruit. So you see right there, God is a God who looks for fruit. So when I read verse 2, you're pruned if you do and you're pruned if you don't. Either way, guys, you're going to get cut on. And the bottom line is the things of God. He might sometimes come out with these little scissors. And then every now and then he'll come out with those little bigger yard clippers. And then he may come out with them big old weed quackers. But you know what? Understand this. Anytime God starts pruning on you, what's it for? That you may bear more fruit. So you know what that tells me? God doesn't want us ever to be satisfied. He wants us always to go to new levels, further levels. How many of you could walk in a, in a greater degree of love right now? Every one of you. If you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. I'm going to pray for liars after the church. See, every one of us, guys, I'm never, I'm never going to plateau with the things of God. I can keep going that way and keep going that way. And, and to me, that's fun. I like to think that. Verse 3. You are already clean or pruned. Why? Because of the word which I've spoken to you. Now, I want you to get that right there. He said you're already clean. Many translations there, it says pruned. The reason he said that is because the word I've spoken. So you know what that tells me? The word of God will prune you. The word of God will cut on you if you'll allow it to. That's why it's important to read the word of God. And when I start reading the word of God, and the Lord will start cutting on me. I'll find myself saying, oh, that's me. That's me. i got to change that. I encourage you, find stuff to read every day. Get in there. One easy thing to read is the Proverbs. Whatever day of the month it is, read that Proverbs. Today's the second. Tomorrow, read Proverbs 3. And don't read through it as fast as you can. Say, I'm done. And look at that and put your name in there. I'm telling you, any time when I read the Proverbs and I start finding great things in there, I start putting my name in there. I start speaking that over me. I am a righteous man. God blesses the righteous. That's me. Find stuff in the New Testament. Read it. Read it and then begin to meditate on it, okay? Get it on it. And I'm going to tell you, if you keep reading the Word of God, it's going to prune you, which is a good thing because you're going to have fruit. Remember this, anytime God starts to talk about pruning, he's always got fruit in mind, okay? Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Now that word abide there means to live in. It means to dwell in, to make your home in. You know what this tells me right here when I read the verse 4 there? I've got to be married to Jesus. I just can't be dating Jesus. You know what marriage says? I'm committed. I'm all in. You know what dating says? Ooh, I'll show up when it's convenient. I'll show up when things are well. And I believe so many times in our life, guys... We have just dated Jesus. We've kind of looked at Jesus as a, as a sugar daddy. Oh, I get what I want out of him. But if you'll notice right there, he said, when you abide in me, when you live in me, when you remain in me, you know what that means? I've got to be in covenant with him. I've got to be committed to him and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to live for you every day. I'm going to make the best of it. And you know what? When I make a mistake and do wrong, I need to repent. Verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Now, Jesus makes that real clear right there. He who abides or lives or dwells in me, and I in him, 
He bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now notice that guys. You stay hooked. You dwell with Jesus. You're going to bear more uh, uh, much fruit. And you know, you know the great thermometer of that? Is people. People will begin to notice the fruit in your life. You start letting the word of God work on you. You know who else will notice it? Your spouse. Your wife. They'll begin to say, man, I don't know what's happened to that boy. You know what is happening? The word of God is working on him. The word of God is, is cut. Now remember this, guys. Remember what we talked about fruit. It's got to be developed. Don't think that some of this is going to happen overnight. Just stay in there and keep allowing the word of God to work on you. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, I'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You know, man, I, I've quoted that. Woo, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it will be done unto you. Ah, if you abide, you'll notice the start of that verse. Look what it says. If. If. If you abide in me. That's the key, guys, right there. If I'm not abiding in him, remember, living and dwelling in him, then, guys, I can ask all I want. My prayers aren't going to be answered. If. If, if, and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas would have. And so, once again, the if comes to me, am I going to abide in him? Verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, that, that verse right there, it tells me God's desire for every one of us in this room. He desires that every one of us bear much fruit. You know, when we start bearing much fruit, people will notice, and I'm going to tell you, people will begin to come around you, and they'll start asking, what happened to you? Listen to what this says in the Amplified. When you bear or produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified. And you show and prove yourself to be true followers of mine. I like that where it says you show and you prove yourself to be true followers of mine. And so right here, guys, you begin to see this. And what happens many times with people, I believe, is we walk around, we got great gifts and talents. And you know what we say? I can't believe why God's not using me. I don't understand. I got this, Greg. If I can tell you why God's not using you. You don't have no fruit. You don't have no fruit. And so once again, the world, it applauds gifts. God applauds fruit. And I believe we need to get saturated with the fruit of the Spirit. And it begins just like this. Father God, I ask you right now. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and start helping me walk out this. And look at those nine fruit of the Spirit, whether it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness, any one of those. I'm going to tell you guys, you may need every one of them. Just begin to say, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. Watch what he'll begin to do. Watch what he'll begin to do. Even in your marriage, guys. And one thing I can tell you about your marriage is don't say, Father God, I pray that you fill Shelly with the fruit of love. She really needs that, Lord. I think so many times, and we're more worried about everybody else than ourselves. You know what I found out in my marriage? If I'll take care of little of old me, everything else will be okay. I, I'm enough. 
You know, I don't need to look at my wife. I just need to look at me and say, you're the problem. Stand up before we get in trouble. All right, listen.